0: Welcome to Our Backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42.
1: In sports, athletes are idolized sought after, and make a lot of money. But that begs the question, who is the athlete who's made the most money? Who has made the most money in the entire world in history of sports? The answer might just surprise you. But before I get into that, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking?
0: Doing great. I got some Coors Light here with me. What about you?
1: I'm drinking some Buffalo Trace. Seems to be my go-to of late. And Nick, I'm excited to talk about this, because once again, Nick, we travel back to ancient Rome. Funny how many times the extreme end of the spectrum leads back to Rome. I guess it is true. All roads lead back to Rome. And today, I'm going to be talking about Gaius Apuleius Diocles, not only the richest athlete of the ancient world, but perhaps the richest athlete of all time. Gaius was born around the time of 104 AD, and Lechium, the city of Lusinini. And in case you didn't know where that was, because I sure didn't, it is now in the modern country of Portugal. Gaius came from a middle-class family. His family owned a transportation business, and for the time, him and his family were financially secure, which most likely gave him the ability to find and pursue his sport. Nick, you want to take a guess on what his sport was?
0: Did it involve weapons in any sense of the word? No. Was he a runner? Getting closer. Uh, racer? Chariots? Horses?
1: He was a chariot racer. A love, which he started somewhere around the age of 18 in Lured, which is now the city of Catalina in Spain. He was a born natural at racing horses. Quickly, he gained such a reputation in the small local games that even Rome herself took notice. Now... For those whom I have never seen or know about chariot horse racing, chariot racing, I would say, is like modern Formula One racing or track racing today. Some straight lines, bends, curves, and unlike Formula One, well, just like Formula One, it is deadly and perhaps even more deadly than Formula One. The track itself is more than eight American football fields in size, just to give you a perspective on how big this race was. And Nick, if you were playing a sport in the richest city on your continent and just asked to come to their city and play for your sport would you go probably well that's exactly what guys did he's like off to rome i go once he once he was in rome he was assigned to the white team and just some base knowledge chariot racing was in rome at least broken down into teams or fractions the white team the blue team the red team and the green team the white team is kind of the starter one it's kind of like a for lack of better words, the lesser of the bunch. seems where a lot of rookies got their start. And some historians think it's supposed to represent the four seasons, red, blue, green, and white. But I think this is a bit of a stretch, but I could be wrong. And once you were put on a team, you weren't necessarily destined to stay on that team. Much like modern sports, you could switch to a winning team or switch to a team for more money, et cetera, et cetera. And Each team would train and invest in better equipment, gear for their athletes, faster horses, better leather for reins, new wheel designs. There was a lot of money on the line and a lot of prestige. Gaius himself would eventually switch teams. At age 24, he would be brought to the green team. And boy, would he have success. But the team that would earn him the most fame and money would be the red team. A time when he switched would be when he's about 27 years old. And at the time was a controversial switch. The Green Team was the most popular team, the winning team, and it was bringing the most crowds to the stadium. So, guy switching the Red Team was kind of kind of a big deal. Historians debate why an athlete from a winning team, especially one that in ancient Rome where making money was kind of hard to do, would do it. And historians have made an educated guess, but why do you think he did it, Nick?
0: Maybe uh okay. I'm going to have to say just to see if he could, just to see if he could win. Maybe not with the the best team, but, you know, you got to prove that he can win in, like, every situation.
1: Maybe. It's a very good guess. Historians think guys switch teams for many reasons athletes do today. Glory and immense wealth. And just to add on to this, the racing teams... We're much again more like Formula One, where you have a couple racers that are representing your team, but there's still a first, second, third, fourth. There's still prestige on where you place in the race. Just having a winning team just means more competition, better equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, I think you are kind of right, Nick. I think a change of teams means you would stand out more. You have the chance to truly shine and not be concerned with other teammates stolen your brightness. So now on the red team, Gaius Epileas Diocles would become one of the earliest sports superstars in all of history. His races would be a sight to see. A good portion or noticeable portion of his wins would come from behind wins where he wasn't always the favorite to win, but yet he would somehow pull it out. And quickly, Gaius' races would become the main event of every competition. He was a winner. Everyone loves a winner. Gaius would race for over 24 years. And in the four-horse chariot races, there are multiple different types of chariot races, but from what I can tell, he was more of a four-horse racer. He would race 4,267 races. Of those 4,000-plus races, he would win first place 1,462 times and place second another 1,438 races. He was nearly a 75% chance of being in first or second in every race he was. And the only reason we know this is because he was such a winning superstar. He's pretty well documented as an ancient athlete. Many people talk about him and, well, with all those races, wins, and fame, bought a boatload of money. And people want to keep track of where all that money is going. And when I say a boatload, I mean literally a boatload. Nick, want to take a guess on how much he made?
0: In like modern equivalency?
1: Sure. Take a guess in modern equivalency. How much did this superstar athlete make?
0: Uh over his whole career?
1: Sure, over his whole career.
0: Two billion.
1: I don't know. Well, you're a little short there, Nick. He made thirty-five million eight hundred and sixty three hundred and twenty cisterians in prize money alone. And for perspective, before I tell you what that is an equivalency, an average Roman soldier would make about 900 in a year, and a rich person in this time period would have about 400,000. Gaius made nearly 36 million million Caesareans. That's equivalent in today's money, about $15 billion. That's enough money to feed everyone who lived at the Rome, everyone who lived in Rome at this time, for an entire year, or pay. For the entire Roman army at its height, for a fifth of the year, and to be a senator at this time, you had to be worth over a million Caesareans. Yeah, Gaius could do that about thirty-six times. So it's safe to say Gaius was quite a rich man.
0: What uh, what was the net? What was the worth of uh, like a Caesar at that time? Like, I'm assuming he had more money than pretty much anyone in rome even the the leaders
1: oh yeah i think he was the richest one of the richest men in rome granted it's kind of hard to say with some politicians because sometimes they have the coffers of rome behind them but to be considered a portugal who made it to rome and would become one of the richest romans that's uh it's a bit crazy but it gets it even crazier Today's athletes have the best modern medicine and safety procedures in their sport. This is ancient Rome. Didn't exactly have safety standards in their sport, let alone health care. Chariot racing is kind of an extremely dangerous sport. High speeds, horses, utter chaos. God, I kind of want to see one of those races now. But Gaius would somehow make it to the age of 42 until he retired. One... Living to the age of 42 in ancient Rome is impressive by itself. Two, which is even more impressive, he was a chariot racer who made it past his 20s. And many, and I do mean many, of the racers would die in their mid-20s. But somehow, he would make it all the way to the age of 42. That's absolutely amazing. Nearly four times the average lifespan of a chariot racer. That's utterly incredible with a like 75% first or second place chance of winning just absolutely crazy and nick you just retired you're worth about 15 billion dollars what do you do
0: well there's probably there's two paths here one you just disappear and just spend your money live somewhere doing whatever you want with all your money or two you go into politics
1: what would you choose
0: would never hear from me again.
1: That's exactly what guys kind of did. After years of rich and fame, he wanted to rest. I can't imagine the toll on his body after 20some-odd years of racing chariots in stadiums with your average competitor dying in their mid-20s. He would live the rest of his life in a plot of land in the Italian countryside, near the small town of Praesttine. Which is modern day Palestrina. He would grow old and see his children grow up, a son and a daughter, until he died. A son of immersions who rose to a fame unparalleled at the time and would become one of the richest men and perhaps the richest athlete the world would have ever seen. So it begs the question. All these athletes have just started to breach the one billion dollar mark, and to do it back then is utterly impressive to me. It's just amazing how all our ancestors and today we still love watching games, participating in games, and athletes can make a lot of money. But fifteen billion dollars, I don't think they'll ever be suppressed. So now, Nick, you know about about Gaius Appuleius Diocles, and how do you feel about him, Nick?
0: Just amazed that he he was able to retire. I mean, like you said, to do all that work or all that all those games not get hurt once or not get killed hurt to the point. He couldn't compete or killed. And then to just, but I mean, when you're so rich, it's like, what do you, what else are you supposed to do?
1: It's, I just love how a small town kid from countries upon countries away, somehow made it to Rome and would become a household name and be just the Ronaldo of his time. Just, millions upon millions of people knowing his name and making billions upon billions of coin that's that's stuff the dreams are made of and that's the stuff of myths so it begs the question should we bring back chariot racing could we make that the richest sport once again
0: seeing how much uh the nfl is in trouble for concussions i don't know if chariot racing is going to come back up i think PETA might have something to say about that
1: nah we'll change out the horses for motorcycles it'll be fine
0: yeah, but now after thinking about it, I should have immediately known one of the most expensive sports would involve horses. That should have been pretty obvious from the start.
1: <laughs> I wonder if you had an advantage from growing up in Portugal and Spain because at this time, Spanish horses and, well, even in modern times, Spanish horses are quite known for their speed and skill. They're quite a thorough breed.
0: Probably. Yeah, if you grew up around them, might have more... An advantage than people in Rome who, who didn't. I don't know.
1: Well, now you know the story about perhaps the richest athlete that will ever have been or ever will be, Mr. Gaius himself. Thank you all for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.